Welcome to a special episode of our Rainmaker Multiplier On Demand series brought to you by Clarity to Prosperity. For more information on the Rainmaker Multiplier process and a list of all podcasts in this series, visit ClarityToProsperity.com. Welcome, everybody. All right. So today is a timely topic. We're going to be talking about taxes and how we can use tax returns to uncover opportunities, needs of a client, ultimately win financial clients. So probably a pretty big range of of things. I'm sure we'll talk about tax planning and opportunities to identify those on a tax return, uh, along with a myriad of other things. Just how, how do we use tax season, tax returns, to actually convert people into wanting to be financial clients. So I've got a lot of great people on the call today that are gonna be able to add some uh, fantastic value, I'm sure. Um, Don, the old vet, has had the tax practice longer than anybody. (laughs) Don, you didn't like getting called an old vet. I saw that look on you. Not really. You can call me a vet, but don't use the word old, please. And Carl, I know you were having internet uh, trouble, but I'm glad to see you. You were able to make it. Well, I I am an old vet, so you can call me that. (laughs) Awesome. So, yeah, and Greg, obviously, you've had a tax uh, practice forever, and Dave is our resident tax guru. Um, I swear the smarter you get and older you get, Dave, you're looking more and more at, like, Ed's lot, so... (laughs) <laughs> yeah i don't i don't i don't know if that's a compliment either you're just throwing them around now <laughs> yeah um so how's uh don and and greg and carl i'm curious like are you guys sitting in front or, or is it just your advisors or are you guys sitting in front of um clients um you know when there's you know during tax season at all to, you know, try to get them to come in. Yeah, what are you doing, Greg? I'm interested to hear what you're doing. Are you sitting in front of anybody? Um, So we've kind of uh, adopted our system to where it's it's kind of a hybrid now. We've uh, adopted some of the things from COVID where a lot of what we're doing right now is the preparers having the return completed 100% and going over like, is the tax return right? Here's the numbers with the client. And then we're calling them or, you know, potentially if they want to come in, but primarily calling them to go over the return, say, hey, they prepared it. Did they give you the numbers? And then that's where we talk about, you know, the difference between preparation and planning. And we have that conversation and try to intrigue them down the path. And if they're interested in looking at, you know, the planning aspect of it, we'll either follow up with uh, videos of the taxes and retirement, some of the whiteboard stuff that we do, talk about the holistic picture, shoot for a discovery, basically go through a fit call at that point. Hey, Greg, any any verbiage around like how you explain the difference? I think the general public doesn't understand the difference of tax preparation and tax planning. Um, yeah, like, yeah, like, we, real you... simple, actually, we just tell them, you know, when it, have you ever, you know, I want to talk to you a little bit about tax planning, because what you're doing today is what, you know, is tax preparation, and basically preparation is looking backwards, we can't change what your return is going to look like when we do the return, because the information's already been locked in, right, every, all the events have occurred already, so 
Tax preparation is about just understanding the results of what happened last year. Tax planning is looking at a way to change the results that are going to happen on your return moving forward and how we can make an impact and create a more efficient distribution system. That's great. I, I kind of use an analogy. I say, you know, do you remember the movie Drive, Driving Miss Daisy? And most people that we're dealing with that are in their 50s and 60s today, well, no, I wouldn't use it with 20 and 30 year olds. They're not going to know Driving Miss Daisy. But remember, Morgan Freeman was driving that nice little lady around the whole time, and he would look in the rearview mirror to see her. Uh, that's really what your, what your tax preparation people are doing. Even if you have a CPA, they're looking in the, in, in the rearview mirror at past information to create your tax return. What you really want is someone that when he's driving is looking forward at everything and seeing every obstacle ahead and really giving you tax planning and knowing what to be prepared for for this year and the future years. So that, that's just an analogy that I like to use. And you don't even have to use driving Miss Daisy. You could just use, you know, when you're driving in a car and your kids are in the back seat or something like that. Yeah, or grandkids. I, I use you know, my kids are in their 30s, so hopefully they're behaving themselves in the back seat. But <laughs> my grandson's going a little crazy. <laughs> I, use, I use the example of the forensic. We, we don't want to be a forensic specialist on your tax return. We don't want to look back at what happened. We want to look forward as to how we eliminate any issues going forward. And that's kind of an analogy I use a lot here. I love analogies, but sometimes it's just keeping it super simple and hitting them right in the face. Do you want to know how much you owe in taxes or do you want to find out how to pay less in taxes? Right. Most firms out there tell you how much you owe in taxes. We teach you how to pay less in taxes. Like, you know, it, it, it's pretty simple at the end of the day. How much do you want to pay to the IRS? What you minimally have to, or, uh, you know, do you want ideas around how to continue to reduce what you owe? You know, Dave, I might even add, like, I love that line, by the way. I haven't heard you say that before, but like legally and ethically pay less in taxes, you know, because some people have this misconception that like, if you pay less in taxes, you got to do something shady, but it isn't. It's like, you just got to be. Informed. Yeah, I, I always tell people, most people overpay in taxes because there was just human error made on the return, right? right. Either human error of a big software company or human error of the person that was inputting the numbers. And so, you know, when we look at all of your assets, most of the time we can find these errors because we know how your assets are structured. Most tax people, they don't see your net worth statement. They don't see your brokerage statements. They don't see your retirement income distribution plan. And so they don't really know if the numbers they're putting in are right or not. They can't question them. Whereas because we're doing planning in addition to the taxes, we have the ability to take a step behind the curtain and question what the numbers are that are going into the system. That is really good. I've never really thought about that before, but that's true. And you just feed them data. They're just doing data entry and relying on other people to be accurate. And you know what I mean? Without a double check. I mean, they're you should come to the tax management journey, Jason. <laughs> um, but I honestly, you know, when we look at tax, yeah. it has. when we look at tax returns, I mean, and I think this is something anyone can do, whether they have a tax background or not. The easiest low-hanging fruit that I typically see is just look for mistakes, right? And how do you determine a mistake on a tax return if you don't really know how to do taxes? Just look for a number that like sticks out like a sore thumb. 
Um, later tonight, I have a step two meeting with about a $6 million AUM opportunity client. And after meeting one, she uploaded her tax return. And as we were looking through it, there was two big numbers that just stuck out like a sore thumb. Her schedule A had over a six figure deduction and it was in the form of a charitable deduction. And then on her Medicare premium, it showed her over $3 million of wages when she only earns $300,000. Those two things were just numbers that jumped off the page at me of, wow, those are big numbers. I wanna have a conversation with the client around. Well, I had the conversation with the client and guess how the Medicare tax went from 300,000 to 3 million? They typed too many zeros. They typed too many zeros. It cost them like another $75,000 in tax. And this client just paid it blindly, not even thinking about it. And nobody reviewed it. And then secondarily, the deduction, how that came about is I said, oh, wow, you must be pretty philanthropically inclined. Charitable giving is important to you. They were like, no, we don't do a whole lot of charitable giving. And I was like, you claimed a six-figure deduction on your tax return. What do you mean? And I started reviewing it. And you know, a lot of our clients give through Facebook now. Facebook had what the total fundraiser raised and the tax preparer put that as the charitable contribution instead of the amount of money that my client contributed to that fundraiser. And that ended up creating a whole bunch of taxes they're going to have to pay. But those are like little things of huge value we can bring to our clients just by looking at the tax return, looking for these big outliers of numbers that are errors. And we see it all the time. Um, it's, it's, you know, pretty incredible how many of these things I find come up on a regular basis that give us ammunition to bring value to the client. And I simply said to them, because we do the taxes, you know, I'll say, hey, don't worry about that other preparer. We'll just go ahead and take care of amending this for you and fix it all. And like, it just solidifies the relationship. I don't even charge her for that because again, I'm, I'm in play for about 6 million of AUM. When I get to step three, it's probably going to be more than likely she's going to move it to me because now we're amending her tax returns. We're fixing these issues for her and it just brings more value to the client relationship. I think even on a simpler level than that, Dave, you know, you can go in and just the conversation around the return is, you, know, you talk about which events are controllable and which ones aren't like, you know, you're, you know, beyond the human error element, let's assume that they have a good preparer and they're not doing the return wrong. The discussions come around again, these events, right. That are landing on your return. And a lot of them can be controlled. A lot of them, you know, can't be. So you just have that conversation about how you can really dictate a portion of the results. And that's where the planning aspect comes in. That's what a lot of people don't realize. This is a lot of people come to my office and I hear this, you know, the whispering prayers as they're sitting in the chair waiting to find out the results of their tax return. Right. And they laugh, you know, because they don't know. They're really that, um, and, and ignorance is probably not the right word, but they're just that unaware of what the result of their tax return is going to be. I said, wouldn't it make sense to understand what the tax return or at least very close to what the tax return results would be year to year. So you know how to, you know, form decisions throughout the year. And, and that's where the, the, the mental clock starts ticking with them, I believe. Well, and Greg, to the control versus control, I mean, control versus not control, something everybody needs to write down that, honestly, I think you can go gather another five or 10 million of AUM this year is write down schedule D line 13. 
And all you need to do with everybody that comes into your office over the next six months is read Schedule D, line 13. Don, you know what that is, right? I've got it right here. I've tried to hold it up. I was going to talk about it, but it's, yeah, it, it's the number one conversation that you can have. Uh, we're going we're gonna to see it. There we go. Go ahead. Go, you can go through it, Dave. Go ahead. Right here. Capital if you don't know about this, you guys should make sure you talk about it on every tax delivery if you see a number on that line 13. Yeah. Well, Don, I'll I want to hear how you talk about this with clients. You're meeting with a lot more people, but theoretically from an investment landscape, what has happened with mutual funds over the last five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years? Historic gains. Fund managers have taken an insane amount of capital gains last year. And your clients are getting hit with capital gain distributions this year. I'm seeing it over and over. I mean, I'm seeing funds out there that are having four to five percent of the distribution. And that's going to hit home, right, to these clients that are going to have to pay tax. And now we're in this perfect storm of an opportunity because what is their market value done this year? It's gone down but they're paying all this tax on the value you know, that was taken last year. And it's an amazing talking point to go to a more tax efficient investment strategy. And it's likely to be high this year too when they pay their taxes next year. The reason being is when the funds go down, people take money out and those capital gain distributions are paid out. This is not a capital gain because they sold anything. This is not, they had a stock that appreciated, they sold something and it was a capital gain or a mutual fund or real estate. This is purely a, a tax distribution from the mutual fund company that sold something in their portfolio. They didn't even know what was sold, the client who's, who's getting this, and it shows up on that line 13. And it's different every year. I've seen it be half as much one year and twice as much another year because it's based on what the market's doing. And when the market does well, there's a lot of capital gains. And in order for them to reposition their portfolios, they've got to sell gains and buy something new. When the market goes down, what happens? People want to sell out on their mutual funds, which is happening this year, and that they have to sell things and distribute those capital gains. So- and and Don, I just wanted to share as a planner, when you're doing really good planning for your clients, like Roth conversions, you got to be in the know on this. Uh, John Dowd brought me in on a very high net worth client that we've been working with over the last six months, and they wanted to do Roth conversions. Well, they were holding some pretty active mutual funds, and they wanted to do the Roth conversions in October. And we were like, no way. We got to wait to see what the distributions are going to be. By December 15th, I saw the distributions. They thought they can convert through the 12% bracket and into the 22. They had over $75,000 of long-term capital gain wow. distribution that they had no clue was coming their way. Had we engaged in a Roth conversion, that conversion would have been into the 24, maybe even the 32% bracket based on some of their other income. And we had to cancel all the Roth conversion planning or at least a pretty sizable amount of it because that $75,000 of long-term capital gain consumed some of their lower brackets. And so these are things that you need to think about in years the market has had a run-up. And listen, advisors are going to be missing that all day long last year. And you have the opportunity to go in and share 
you know, hey, your advisor talked to you about Roth conversions, but they forgot that you're invested in these mutual funds that aren't as tax efficient. It created all this income on your tax return and you ended up paying a lot more than you thought you would. So. And then you need a solution. So what we do is we, we show them the tax manage accounts through Prosperity Capital and Valor and their, their dimensional alone has a, has a, in fact, I think there was a, a uh, class yesterday, I wasn't on it, but one of my planners mentioned that they talked about this. Your, ta your taxes, if you have a tax managed portfolio through Valor would be about half as much, the distributions would be about half as much. So the taxes on that would be about half as much. And so that's the way you, you show your client, we have a solution for this. We, yeah. can show, we could show you how to have more tax managed funds and for these 43 dimensional on the SMA. Which you're, you're cutting in and out a bit, Dave. Oops, sorry, my AirPods. Your sound's doing can't that hear you, Dave. You're, you're gone. Yeah. So the, the, the second thing on that schedule D that oh. I always try to look for is at the top part and part one, maybe you could put it up again, Dave, that's short-term capital gains. And this goes more to the performance of their current advisor. If they have a large amount of short-term capital gains, that means it, in less than 12 months, so sometime last year, they lost that money. We had someone that had over $50,000 of losses and, it, and we could prove it because of this, right? Because within less than 12 months, they bought something and they sold it. And you want to ask a question. Did you know about that? Did you know that they were selling that for a loss? What did you invest in that would have had such a big loss? Are you super risky in some things? So that you can then have that conversation as well. The long-term capital gains are different because you have no idea. They could have bought them 40 years ago and sold them now. You, you, you don't and know I, what that. I, and Don, and Don, I think that's a good point. And, and what you really got to know is you got to know the sophistication of the client, right? Some some clients are going to be like, yeah, I knew about that, right? Some, client, some clients, um, they'll know about that. But the better question might even be, what was the strategy of why right. that was sold? What did you sell for a game to offset that? Mm -hmm. How did you utilize that tax deduction? What did your financial advisor and your tax planner, what's the coordinated strategy the two of them came up with of how to fully maximize and utilize that deduction? <laughs> you know, as a more sophisticated person, that's going to hit them right between the eye. Built on the foundation of the award-winning bucket plan process, Clarity to Prosperity's proven processes, training, and coaching can help you increase your revenue. If you are a growth-minded, independent financial advisor, you qualify for a free copy of the Bucket Plan book. Go to claritytoprosperity.com forward slash offer to get your free book today. That's claritytoprosperity.com forward slash offer. I was going to harp on that. That's I'm so glad you did because honestly, with where investing is at now, you know, we're doing a webinar in 40 minutes on the new SMA platform we're rolling out at, at Valor and PCA with Dimensional. It's all individual stocks, 1,400 positions. So there is no capital gain distribution like a mutual fund, but there's algorithms that are running internal daily loss harvesting. I put a million eight of a client's money into it on December 7th. 
And as of last week, they had harvested $45,000 of short-term capital loss through daily trading, but the portfolio was up 2% and the market was only up 1% over that time period. So we doubled the, almost doubled the performance of the market and created almost $45,000 of short-term capital loss as a deduction. So if you're sitting down to Jason's point with a more sophisticated investor or somebody who's got one of those portfolios, you want to be able to feel that conversation out because that loss isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's only a bad thing if they don't use it for something effective elsewhere in their financial plan. So, Okay, so we, get, we have to go back to Schedule D again. Let's talk about loss carry forwards. Does anyone else want to talk about loss carry forwards? We, we can do it. <laughs> Okay, so what ends up happening is these two, part one and part two are totaled at the bottom. And if on line 14, that's, you can see the brackets there, that would be a negative number. Most all of us know that you're only allowed to take $3,000 of a negative loss carry forward. And then everything else shows here. This would show up actually for what they had uh, for this year. It's at, the, the whole time, actually, the whole carry forward. So if they had losses in previous years above $3,000, it's going to show up here. And what that means to you is they may think that they can't sell. They're like holding on to some investments because they have capital gains in them. Well, they can offset these capital losses against the capital gains. And, and it gives you an advantage when you're doing the planning for them that way. I've seen people, and Dave, you might even see more, that have over a million dollars of capital loss carry forward. Where, where is that going to go? They can only take 3000 a year. So they're never going to use that up the rest of their life. So why not do some planning with their current assets to use, to use that? I mean, even if they have 30000 it's going to take them 10 years to use it. Why not, why not do some planning and use that to their advantage. You know, one thing I wanted to chime in too, some of this stuff is making perfect sense to some, you know, that are listening. And some stuff might maybe be like, whoa, that's a little advanced, right? Or maybe, you know, I remember like yesterday, because what, what happened with me, and I think I know, Don, this is with you, and I know it was with you. I think so with you too, Greg. I mean, we started our tax preparation business and didn't barely know anything about tax planning, right? I, I knew less than anything, Jason. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so, you know, we learned kind of in the trenches, trial and error, delivering tax returns, finding, you know, sometimes like us making mistakes, right? And not the best way to, to learn. But ultimately, it was like we had people doing the data entry and the tax preparation. We were delivering it to try to meet new financial clients. And along the way, we were learning how to read a tax return. And over time, we've all been in Ed's lot for years, you know, in and out. Some are still in it, um, but we've learned a ton, right? And so it's a journey to learn this over a period of time. So kind of don't get overwhelmed. I mean, it's like, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's something, though, regardless if you have a tax practice or not, if you dedicate yourself to just continuing to familiarize and learn a tax return, there are an abundance of different opportunities 
to provide value to the client and honestly poke holes in existing lack of collaboration, coordination, and planning between their investment people and their tax people. And you can be, you don't have to be the tax guru, but you could be the person to find that it's missing that connectivity. And you can be the one that connects it. You can work with their tax person. You can, you know, you ideally you want to be the investment person for sure, but you don't have to be the the tax planner, but you got to be a, a know enough to be able to find the mistakes and the lost opportunities. Yeah. When, when I started, I was super afraid I wasn't going to know enough about taxes. Starting a tax practice, I'm delivering these returns. So in the fall, uh, H&R Block always has these courses to try and get new part-time tax preparers in. It's called H&R Block Tax Course. I went out and took that. Because, but now, now we don't, I mean, Dave's doing uh, an advanced one that's unbelievable, the tax management journey. That would be where you guys could learn some of these things if you haven't already gone through it. Uh, we got one coming up. When, is it next week? Yeah, next week in Charlotte. Yeah. So, so that, if you can't make Charlotte, sign up for the next one because how many of these do you do a year, Dave? Three. Yeah. So that, that's, that's where you can learn a lot of these things. Don, I also wanted to share, it is, it is available for everybody, but there's actually an e-learning course on C2P training, how to read and understand a tax return and then sales from a tax return. I'd highly recommend, listen, even if you're a seasoned vet, go through that. You might pick up one or two things. It's like a 40-minute course. It's not a big time commitment, but... I would have, especially if you're hiring other associate advisors in your office, have everybody go through that. They're gonna go, I go line by line of all of the most common things that we see opportunities with, and then how to have conversations with clients about that. Um, it's just a real easy, quick course to go through to get up to speed. I think Ed Slot's uh, two day also. Do we still have where we can give certain like giveaways and? passes to that? What's yeah, doing? we do. Yep. So uh, for the, the the top advisor for the month, whoever writes the most business, we can give a couple passes away. Now, uh, we have a couple. So talk to your business development partner and we can, uh, you know, we can see if there's an, an opportunity to, to sponsor uh, you going through the two-day event uh, with uh, some things and resources that we have in, in connection with EdSlot too. But that's going to be, of course, as you all know, I think a lot of people ask me, like, what's the difference of the tax management journey and Ed Slots program? Ed Slots is all IRAs, you know, 401ks, IRAs, qualified plans. There's nobody in the world that knows it better than Ed Slot. Um, and, you know, what we do is we expand taxes much further than outside of qualified plans, right? Retirement income distribution strategies, uh, capital gains versus ordinary income. Of course, all the Roth conversion ideas and strategies and, you know, practical application, real clients, real case studies, real deliverables. Um, that's a lot of the stuff that, that, that we show in the tax management journey. To I think it's directly related to financial planning versus like Ed Slot, half his group are CPAs, right? And just doing that. And, you know, it's, and like you said, it is more qualified plan solely focused where ours is more financial planning focused. Yeah. Yep. And I know we only have a minute left here, but I do think too, something that you all might see that's a little weird this tax season is 
Um, you might start running across more married filing separately this year. Uh, there's a lot of people talking about that, you know, especially if let's say one, one spouse is a high income earner and the other spouse is a stay at home parent, for example. Um, some CPAs and tax firms are, and I know we're doing this for our clients, running analysis on married filing jointly versus married filing separately, because married filing separately on the low income earner can qualify for them for the, the COVID economic stimulus relief and the child tax credits. And so you're hearing a big buzz about that around the AICPA community and tax professionals. And so if you start seeing that, it's going to look different than anything we've seen in a while. Um, I just wanted to throw that out there in case you're like, why am I getting married filing separately, people? It's, it's you know, there, there's, a, there's a lot of talk about that going on right now. Hey, Dave, real quick, and, or anybody else if they have suggestions, um, there's probably been some really good takeaways from this, like little nuggets that you took away, you know, whether it be terminology or, you know, um, whatever you may have picked up from here. I know I, I can rattle off three or four off the top of my head. Um, but what is there a podcast or anything if somebody wants to listen is there certain episodes that maybe you've done or, um, or is there in general podcasts out there, Keeblers or Kitsies or whoever else that you can pick up if, you, if people really want to dive in and start listening more to identify better tax planning strategies? Yeah, well, uh, Professor Worley and I last month for the Rainmaker Multiplier on Demand, show of hands, who, who knows what that is and listens to it on a regular basis. If, if you don't, most of the hands didn't go up. Your, Hammer just did probably the best podcast we've done thus far with the bucket plan on demand on all Hammer's little one-liners, analogies, and stories on financial planning. You have to go check that episode out. But uh, me and Worley did one last month on the Rainmaker Multiplier, all on tax planning and how to explain this to clients and show our value. So, I mean, that's a good starting point. Uh, Keebler, you could subscribe if, I mean, his stuff is very technical and mostly very high net worth. I mean, he's the one of the gurus of trust and estate. So uh, they are podcasts, David. Uh, reach out to your business development partner. They'll show you exactly how to subscribe to those podcasts or better yet, take out your iPhone and just type in the bucket plan on demand in Apple podcast or the Rainmaker multiplier and you'll pull those up. But um, I, I would say, you know, that podcast is definitely a good one. Um, and, you know, more than happy to do more a, as they come up and as more things develop, you know, as we go into the Bucket Plan On Demand podcast to share if, if you guys would like to see and hear that. Great. All right. Well, goes by fast. So right. thanks, everybody, for joining us today. It was a great conversation. And we'll see you on the next uh, coffee break. Interested in learning more about the topics discussed today? We want to know more about your challenges and priorities and how we can help build your custom roadmap to success. That's right, a custom roadmap built just for you. Schedule a free 20-minute consultation with one of our business development partners. Visit c2pe.info forward slash podcast to schedule a time that's good for you. That's c2pe.info forward slash podcast.